This is the Life Truth Network. Quest for our truth. Episode 425. Quest for Truth, presented by Protectorate Productions and HPN, Peltzley Podcast Network. Now located at life-truth.com. And now, here is your host, Keith Heltsley. All right, everybody, this is your host, Keith, and welcome to a solo episode of Quest for Truth. I couldn't quite uh, mesh up with our co-host, Nathan Caldwell, this go-around. We had a topic that we're going to talk about, and so I won't talk about it, at least not today. <laughs> but what you will hear is some words uh, from me in a little bit uh, from Proverbs 14, the first couple of verses, first four verses or so. I'm mentioning that up front here because I don't think I mentioned that in the pre-recorded segment we'll be listening to in just a moment. Uh, I usually will we'll include it there, but I don't think I did this time. But, you know, Proverbs 14, open up your Bibles now. Get ready. <laughs> and as soon as we uh, listen to a few good words from uh, folks at ChristianPodcastCommunity.com, uh, we'll get started. But, hey, for now... Listen to this. Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Romaldi here with Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and we bring it to the streets. How's everybody doing this morning? Nice morning here in Arizona. I'll keep us in prayer. I'll keep you guys in prayer. Uh, this is Pastor Dominic Romaldi, Street Talk Theology. We take theology and we bring it to the streets. God bless God. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org. Logic exists for the sake of love. Reasoning exists for the sake of rejoicing. Doctrine exists for the sake of delight. Knowing the truth is the basis of admiring the truth. Both thinking and feeling are essential. They are not coordinate. All right, good evening, folks. This is George Emmerich. And this is Lance Phelps. We are Dive Deep. Yes, we are. Back for another exciting episode. Oh, right? yeah. Exciting Always indeed. Epi- yes, in- indeed. Unbelievers now have no excuse to misinterpret the Bible like they ever did. 
Interpreting the Bible has never been easier or less expensive. Get your copy of What Does It Mean to Me? This teaches and demonstrates the importance of biblical interpretation. Proper biblical interpretation is the difference between truth and error, life and death, heaven and hell. This is created for your sinos. That's your Christians in name only. Readers will stop asking, what does this mean to me? And start asking, what does it mean? Get your copy of What Does It Mean to Me at trackplanet.com or on amazon.com today. You want to get this before it's too late. Commands of Christ, presented by Nathan Caldwell. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Check, let's check our motivations. Where do we want our treasures to be? Because a lot of times people will do things, but they'll do them for the wrong, they'll do good things, but they'll be doing it for the wrong reason and uh, sorry that's not gonna work with God you want if you do something because you want praise well guess where your reward's gonna be it's gonna be right here but if you do something because you want God to reward it and God to be blessed well there you go there you're laying up treasures in heaven that was commands of Christ, presented by Nathan Caldwell. Now located at life-truth.com. Main topic. Into it. Um, and I wanted to also mention that Proverbs is not one of my favorite books to just hop on and read through. <laughs> Uh, it's a lot of good stuff there, but it's worthwhile just uh, slowing down and not trying to get through it very fast. And whenever I do that, uh, especially in Proverbs, but uh, other places as well, I like to open my Hebrew Bible that I have, which I cannot understand at all. I don't know what the letters mean or how to pronounce them. So I will grab that and a good uh, English Bible that has strong number of references in there. And between the two, I can generally come out with a pretty good idea of a word-by-word translation. And then I'll try to apply some uh, logic to it, because there are you know, prefixes. You can tell they're on certain words or certain suffixes and different gender inflections. And you can come out with a pretty passable translation most of the time. And what I have here on this first verse, uh, in my own literal notes I've taken here is, wisdom, women, build a house. And silliness in her hands, she plucks to bits. And of course, that's a very wonky. It's mostly, it's pretty good word, word picture happening there. But let's see how the NASB smooths it out. The wise woman builds her house, 
but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. And you can see the contrast there between the wise and the foolish, or the wise and the silly. Uh, the wise woman, the woman of wisdom, build a house. They they uh, build and build on it and build on it to make it uh, decorative and comfortable uh, and inviting uh, to both themselves and their family around them. Whereas uh, the silliness in her hands, <laughs> this is my literal translation, but the foolish woman will pluck it to bits. And you, you see that sometimes uh, in our world around us is, uh, for example, our nation, uh, uh, not that America is necessarily a Christian nation, but there has been a lot of effort over the years to build it up into a, a good nation, a good, comfortable nation, one that's nice to live in. Uh, it's because, you know, through the course of time, people had this common bond uh, we are Americans, and this is what we stand for and believe in. We know this by the Constitution. Well, people who have been taught that, really, in 20 years or more, don't get that. And they've been taught to be, well, silly and foolish. And that silliness in the woman's hands in this particular verse plucks it to bits. It's just piece by piece, you yank it down and burn it down, tear it apart. Um, and I thought there was a good contrast with that. Another idea that came to mind for me with this is that some time ago, I don't remember why I read this, but it's been probably years ago, an interviewer uh, interviewing, you know, the back when the day, there actually were you know, Indian tribes roaming the Great Plains. And in particular, a brave warrior he was talking to, who's admiring his, uh, his wigwam, his teepee, and the, the warrior had to stop and explain to him that Hero didn't have anything to do with it. He just brought the materials, and his wife is the one who made it into what it was. She's the one who made it the attractive, comfortable home. And if it was up to him, he would just as soon spend his time sleeping out under the stars, not even going in there. Uh, but the point there is that uh, it's always been a woman's role to build her house, not to tear it down. Now, and this really goes across culture. In this case, it refers to this American Indian, Native American tribe, but it applies just the same to ancient Israel. It applies across cultures that the role of a woman is to build a comfortable house, to be inviting both for herself and for her family, and to be both decorative and inviting and comfortable. And it's only the foolish or the silly woman who wants to tear it down. Um, and moving on here to uh, the, the next verse, verse two, there's some contrast here with uh, uprightness and fear of the Lord. And my literal rendition of this on my notes is uh, he who walks in uprightness fears Yahweh and he who departs his road despises it 
or, or maybe that it should be him. It's kind of a, a, a pronoun. I don't understand exactly how pronouns in Hebrew work. To me, they, it's kind of one that's hard to tell apart. But I would say, I wrote down it, but it could be him, meaning the Lord. Uh, but anyway, the NASB cleans it up by putting it this way. He who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is devious in his ways despises him. Now, you notice some different word choices there. Uh, he who walks uprightness fears the Lord. Now, that's that's pretty straightforward. You know, walking. Uh, where do you walk? You walk on a road, right? And you're upright. You're, you're out there correctly walking in fear of the Lord. And that word fear, uh, Yahweh, I believe is how it would be pronounced. It's how we, we might also say revere or respect. He who departs his road. And then in NASB it said, he who is devious. And of course, deviate, depart. Uh, it, it's, it's all carries the same idea. And, and isn't it devious though? Will you leave the road and we're uprightly, correctly walking on a road? Uh, and wouldn't it be devious to leave that road? And why would we leave that road? Do we hate the road? No, we, the person does that because they hate God and they don't want to take part in this road. They're forced to travel down, stay between those lines as you're cruising 60 miles an hour down the interstate. But of course, if you deviate from that, you're not going to be on the interstate for very long, but you might not be very happy about how you end up. Um, but yeah, he who walks in his uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is devious in his ways despises him. Yeah, so there's, I was, so, I mean, the NASB puts it as him, and I had my notes as saying in. It's just a, a pronoun. I, I don't um, have trouble with the, the tenses on those sometimes for my notes. Now, as we go on to the next verse, verse 3, it's a contrast here on speech and effects that our speech has for us. Um and my note here says, uh, and the mouth of a perverse man is a rod of arrogance, and lips of the wise man will be a hedge about him. And there's a couple of contrasts there already. You can see, even though it's kind of clunky, way to put it, the NASB smooths it out this way. And the mouth of the foolish is a rod for his back, but the lips of the wise will protect him. So now, whether it be the mouth of the perverse man or the lips of a wise man, our words have an effect on us, which is it's still words, whether in the mouth of, lips of, Okay, the perverse man, it says, a rod of arrogance, whereas, and for the wise man, is a hedge about him. So, a rod of arrogance, what does that mean exactly? And what does this mean, a hedge about him? Well, a hedge about him, I can answer that one, is that in ancient times, the uh, shepherds would build a thorny uh, 
hedge, a thorny shrub around the sheep pen, and that thorny shrub would keep predators out, and it would hedge about, it would safeguard them and protect. Uh, now, when it comes to rod of arrogance, remember the NASB said this, and the mouth of the foolish is a rod for his back. Okay, it didn't say for his back in the, <laughs> in the original Hebrew, it just said a rod of arrogance. But isn't that what happens if you're going to be uh, a uh, foolish person? You use foolish words. Aren't they going to get you in trouble? Your own words are going to be there to judge you, right? And those arrogant words, those prideful words, they're going to come back and hurt you. But if you speak truth, if you are the wise person, you, you're the lips of the wise will protect you because I mean, if you speak reality, you, you don't have to speak this uh, uh, nonsense that people talk about today with, you know, you be you and my reality and your reality. There's only one reality. And if you're not going to live in it, you might find those words coming back to bite you. But if you uh, share the wise words of truth, it will, it will be your protection. Uh, so, so let's uh, move on to my final verse I want to talk about. Verse 4 has some contrasts about prosperity in the world of business. This is going to be really weird, wonky. But here's here's my notes on the original language here. And that is, in no oxen manger is clean, and abundant gain in force of a bullock. It almost sounds like it should be a, a haiku or something. Uh, but let's see a better way to put that, people who are smarter than me who do Bible translations, uh, where no oxen are, the manger is clean, but much revenue comes by the strength of the ox. So let's go back and look at this. No oxen, manger is clean. Of course, where there's no oxen, manger is clean. No oxen, the manger is clean. Isn't that true? You want to have a clean barn? Don't put no animals in it. You'll have the cleanest barn around. <laughs> it's really true. You'll have the cleanest barn. Uh, and But with uh, abundant gain uh, and in the force or in the strength of the bullock. And a bullock is our way to say a young ox. And so you can, you can choose. Do you want to have a clean barn or do you want to have abundant gain? Do you want to have a clean barn? Or do you want to be successful in business? Uh, of course, <laughs> you would want to be a successful businessman, and you do that by having an ox. The ox goes in there and messes stuff up. Uh, any housewife would know this. You have, you can't have a clean house. You have kids. <laughs> there is no such thing as a clean house. Uh, it just can't be done. Uh, at least not for very long. Uh, and I, I know whenever I was a kid, I, of course I wasn't the cleanest kid, but I, I did 
enjoy the comfortable house my uh, mom would try to build for us. And if she said, clean it, we cleaned it. And if she said, it better not get messy again, we would try our best. But sure enough, by the end of the week, we got to do it all over again. Well, I got some grandkids whose idea is, we'll spend the day cleaning. All right, we're done. And within a half an hour, it's trashed again. It's like they cleaned it just so they could mess up. So they could live with a messy house all the way gone. But hey, kids, what do you do? But hey, but yeah, with if you're going to have the goal of having a clean barn, then you, know, you can do it, but you're not going to be very successful. And, and this um, reminds me of an instance that happened when I used to be in the National Guard. Uh, I was the weekend warrior, but sometimes I'd um, spend the week afterwards to come in, back in because I didn't have anything to do that week. And I'd help the, the full-timers there, you know, make sure things got packed up and cleaned up and put away and rearranged uh, in the warehouse properly. Because, of course, on the weekend, you go there to train. You don't have a lot of time. You do all your training. And you, there's not enough time to really properly put things away. And so things don't properly get done. And, but we, we once in a while I would I go and I'd, I'd have the opportunity I'd help lend a hand to secure things, and it never failed. The full timers who were there would always whine about the big mess. The weekend warriors out and oh my gosh, it'd be so much easier for them and their uh, job if they didn't have to deal with this. And why do we even have to have the weekend warriors show up at all? Because all I'd ever do is mess things up. And we had a, a wise commanding officer who said, hey, look, like you say is true, but if it wasn't for these messy weekend warriors, he wouldn't have a job. None of us would. Now, it is, it, it's a, a, a unique uh, situation to National Guard or Reserves because really you don't have much time other than your weekend. Whereas I, I have done plenty of operations with being in the full time and you got plenty of time. You you go in the field, you messed up, you get plenty of time, plenty of people to clean things up, but it doesn't take you more than a day or two. But whenever uh, your main job is to focus on the meat of the training, you know, things do get a little bit messy and disheveled. Uh, but the point there is, hey, do you want the clean barn or do you want to be productive? You know, do you want to have the clean house or do you want to have the benefit of raising some good kids? So, some contrast there uh, in, in various aspects of life for both, you know, the busy house mom, for the busy businessman, for everything in between there, for wise words, foolish words. And it's just, it's so timely, uh, what, 2,000, 3,000 years ago, whenever seeing <laughs> Solomon wrote this, even today, because as much as times and customs and culture changes, people are still the same. Ever wish you could get together with a friend over coffee each week and talk about God's Word? Me too. Hi, I'm Anthony Verso. I'm the host of Grace and Peace Radio. Grace and Peace Radio is a Christian living blog and podcast dedicated to engaging conversations about applying God's Word to everyday life. I hope you'll join me, Anthony Russo, on Grace and Peace Radio each week 
at graceandpeaceradio.com or right here on the christianpodcastcommunity.org. What does it really mean to love your neighbor as yourself? Confusion or faulty beliefs on this point will result in nothing more than pain and relational carnage. Christians must submit their understanding of love to God's revealed word. Love is not a feeling. Love is not tolerance or acceptance or ambivalence. Love is not merely romance. Love is a universe-altering choice to want and work toward God's best interest for the people in our lives, whether they want it or not, because that's how God loves us. The one true God of the universe has existed since eternity past in ultimate perfection. He spoke the cosmos into existence for his soul, honor, and glory. He moved heaven and earth to redeem mankind, even though we have nothing to offer him. And he's given us everything we need for life and godliness in his word. He deserves our worship. He deserves our adoration. He deserves our praise. I'm your host, A.M. Brewster, and this is the Celebration of God. If you want to know God better, celebrate Him more, and help the ones you love to do the same, subscribe to this podcast and visit celebrationofgod.com to learn more about this dynamic discipleship resource. And remember, the Celebration of God is a listener-supported ministry. Can you answer the following questions for your children or for the person to whom you are witnessing? Number one, is the New Testament reliable? Two, can you explain the Trinity to me? Three, how is Jesus both God and man? And a slew of other questions you will be able to answer if you get Andrew Rappaport's new book, What Do We Believe? It will help you a ton. Get your copy at whatdowebelievebook.com, whatdowebelievebook.com. All right, and that's all I have uh, this week. I hope that was edifying for you. Helped, uh, I hope it uh, encouraged and built you up in some way. Those contrasts of uh, things happening in the early verses there, Proverbs 14. And with that, I don't really have an awful lot more to say. Other than let me know what you think, and you can do that. Uh, by dropping us a line in one of the many and various ways you're about ready to listen to in a moment. As soon as I say this, this is your host, Keith, signing off, saying thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Visit life-truth.com, where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page. Follow us on Twitter at HPNCast, capital H, capital P, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book. Music in the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com May God richly bless you. May you find everything you need, and if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a Savior. Thanks for listening.